0: Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome, Prodigal, Priest, and me. Today is our question um, edition of the podcast, which also, I'm here, if you're watching on YouTube. I'm in the same outfit because we're recording both because I'm on paternity leave, Mm. celebrating the birth of Sophia Rose. (laughs) Pater. But I am here because I'm committed to this podcast. And also Marcy had other work to do.
0: (laughs) a beautiful thing.
1: And I didn't want another episode <laughs> of questions to go 22 minutes into it without any questions. So we're going to get into some questions today. Are you ready, Father Paul?
0: I am ready. Let's do this. Do
1: you have your computer?
0: No, nope.
1: you don't. Okay. I can get you, it. No, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my laptop towards you so you can read a question. I thought somebody was being funny, being like, I'm Uncle Joe, you know, just, I don't know, making fun of my Italian heritage Because your name is Joey I didn't even think of that and Father Paul's like no that's
0: that's my uncle
1: that's my uncle so I'm gonna let you read your question shout out Uncle Joe thank you for watching and subscribing and all the faithful yeah when I really think about all the views on YouTube I imagine how many are our family members (laughs) it's like happy and then sad being like it's really great reaching
0: Mm, far right yeah yeah so okay Okay, so from Uncle Joe, um, who is a doctor, by the way, which I think is interesting uh, with this question. Doctor of what? Medicine.
1: Oh, I just didn't know. <laughs> special? Does he have a special? Uh, geriatrics. Like? Okay.
0: I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so, question. Speculative theology, right? Just trying to think think through these things all the way. Jesus is a male. He received Check. all of his humanity from his mother Mary. Check, right? Please speculate on the origin of his Y chromosome. Interesting from a medical perspective, right? And he provides a couple options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle Joe likes to think through these things yeah. like a fair ways. It's a it's actually a really good question. So which option do you prefer? And it's for both of us. a. The new Adam, so the perfect Y chromosome from Adam before the fall. B, son of David, the perfected Y chromosome from David. You see what he's doing? He's taking titles for Jesus. Jesus as the new Adam, Jesus as son of David. C, son of Joseph, miraculously the perfected Y chromosome from Joseph. Or D, son of God, a novel Y chromosome, new, provided miraculously by God the Father. I look at these and I'm like, I've always thought it was D. D, yeah. Um, I mean,
1: if I had to choose one right off the bat, I would just be like D. Yeah,
0: just straight up D. But I think the really interesting part about this question is like looking at these titles for for Jesus, right? The new Adam, son of David, son of Joseph, and son of God. Like there's a clear relationship and connection with them. And so just in this kind of speculative theology, trying to think about the fittingness, like what if it, it was like the y chromosome from adam right or, or we from read the, david.
1: yeah we read the long reading on christmas every year right, the, the lineage genealogy, yeah. right <laughs> like and so and it, the point is that he comes from david the line of the king right Right. and so when so, that like, be there important there would be a
0: fittingness to it um yeah so I, or I think, what about
1: is there like an e all the above like cuz god is god and could do whatever
0: he wants you know I what i mean i don't know enough about Chromosomes,
1: right? I'm just saying, but we can't explain the Trinity.
0: Yeah, but we do know some things about chromosomes, right? True. And like they're either, I, I don't. But know. But about the like, Son of God, like there's a chromosome. Yeah, but he's fully fully human, right? So like and if fully he's fully God. human and fully male, right? So yeah. like you would be able to test his DNA and say, right? You know, X comes from here, obviously Mary. Right. Y belongs to, and if you had like the three human options here, um, you would be able to say like, you know, comes from this one or like doesn't belong to any human male that we know. um, And probably uh, so created like ex nihilo, provided uh, in this way a novel Y chromosome from God the Father. Right, but with that logic,
1: couldn't God being God say, I'm gonna take a little bit of all three?
0: Yeah. I think so.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a really tough I love
0: it, no, Uncle su- Joe. We love you. It's a yeah. great question.
1: It, it's cool to ponder and think yeah, about. I've
0: honestly never thought about never thought about it in this depth. Always just been like, you know, it's a miraculous birth um from the Virgin Mary. Obviously, Jesus takes his whole humanity from her, which is really cool in the sense of like, you know, normally infants look like, or children look like some combination of their parents. Jesus looks like Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. But to be biologically male, he has to have a Y chromosome. And I was always just like, well, you know, God supplied that miraculously. Um, but this is this is cool to look down into the... The genealogy in that way. Get it? Genes. Genealogy. I get it. See It's also... I get it. I it's, also,
1: <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's also very interesting to look at how the church looks at St. Joseph as well. I mean, isn't he one of the only... I mean, for somebody oh, who...
0: sanctified in the womb? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, like, and I mean that... His name is mentioned in the Eucharistic prayer, like all the ways the church has elevated yeah, St. Joseph. Yeah. Right. It's just interesting to me to actually, I don't know. I, I feel like my number two would be Joseph.
0: Is yeah. your number two Joseph? You yeah. know what I mean? No, I, I think my number two is Joseph. <laughs> number three, David. Yeah. I think we're just going to step yeah. backwards. Right? I mean,
1: really? <laughs>
0: um. Yeah.
1: But so much, I, th- I think it has it to be. It hurts my D. head a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, a novel Y chromosome provided miraculously by God the Father. So, that's what we're going with. Uncle Joe, I'm sure like you probably have some more thoughts on that. So, hit us up with them. So, yeah. Next question um, I've heard often that it is a sin to work on Sunday. Is this in true? Is this true? Could, wouldn't that include making food, pulling weeds from your yard, something like that? So, is it a sin to work on Sunday? And it's also good to just lay out right here. Both of us work every Sunday.
0: Yeah, that's
1: our busiest work day mm-hmm. of the year, of the year, of the week. <laughs> Look, that that's uh that's a two yeah, the two hours of the, sleep with the with the baby talking. But I've, we 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 work every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I heard from you guys talking about I was this.
0: just going to reference our, our podcast last week. Marcy and I did talk about this a little bit because it's a conundrum of working for the church. Right. Um,
1: which also I kind of took away from that question. Like you shouldn't work from the church. That's Rebuttal, what I took away from it. You should work for the church, people. I want to bring in the truth and the goodness <laughs> of this, which I'm not the person who's usually the positive person.
0: Yeah, but Marcy and I are so negative <laughs> normally. But
1: there is beautiful things. My family, my children have grown up around the church. We have a community within the church. It is a beautiful thing. Work for the church.
0: Do it. Okay. You should do it. So. Yeah. So, but what about cooking food or, you know,
1: then if you don't cook, you order out, but somebody else is right cooking.
0: So, so there's, there's a lot of things. Okay. Maybe not that many things. Uh, I think once we realize that, uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy is a commandment that actually does bind us it's bind us it's a commandment by divine law Mm -hmm. that was not superseded somehow right um with the introduction of the new covenant um then we're like oh no what does that look like um especially if we're like that's really beautiful i want to take it seriously um and we'll look towards judaism sometimes because we're like well you know they take the Sabbath very seriously. Um, and then we'll start to see some of the things that they do to, to protect the Sabbath day and be like, do we have to do those too? And I think that's where things like, can I cook? Because there's a prohibition in Judaism. It depends kind of how you approach Judaism, how strenuously you, you follow these different prohibitions, but are strictly you follow them, but like not to light a fire, right? And so that could be taken all the way into don't use electricity um, and prepare your food right. beforehand. And like there's some really beautiful sides to it where it's like you really do have to just totally prepare to enter into the Sabbath right? because you can't do anything. Like you can go for walks, you can pray, read the Torah, like that's pretty much it. So there's a real beauty to it. But short answer, no, Christians are not uh, bound to the same level of specificity. In those details, as uh, as people are in Judaism, um, you can cook, and but specifically, like, what does it mean in the Catechism or in the precepts of the Church when it says, like, abstain from servile labor? That doesn't mean physical labor. That means the kind of work that you do to earn your living. Thank you. Um, So. I think for many people, something like yard work and cooking a big meal are great ways to spend the Sabbath, to keep it holy, as long as you know it's, it's done for God's glory. Yeah. Um, because that's not what we do or what many people do for to earn their living. You're not getting ahead using this free day to get ahead to prepare for the week. Rather you've used the end of the week to prepare to enter into this day. of leisure and uh, worship by glorifying God, the primary way we sanctify the Sabbath is to attend Mass on Sunday um, and give glory to God through our participation in the Mass. There's nothing greater than that, but it doesn't stop there either.
1: So I'm sure a lot of people are curious because they're like, Father Paul, we love you.
0: Um,
1: Well, what does he consider the line? So I'm gonna name a few things, and just for you personally, yeah, is this okay, or you're like, no, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Would you go out to a restaurant on uh, Sunday? I would. Would you do yard work? I would. Cook a meal. Yeah. Would you um, file your taxes? No. Would you go over budgeting with your family? No. Would you um, have a campfire?
0: Yes. (laughs) Okay, that was an easy one. (laughs) Would you watch the Cowboys? Yes, although I have considered a couple times recently uh, not watching the Cowboys because it brings me down every time because they're such an underachieving, frustrating team. But more seriously, I've considered like, I can't watch that much football on a Sunday as it is because I'm involved with all the masses on right. Sunday. Um, it would be a good thing. I think it would be a good and meritorious thing um, to say, I'm not going to watch any football on Sunday, even though that's the only time, pretty much except Thursday night and Monday night, that the NFL's on. And I right. very much enjoy watching the NFL. Um, I think that's a good thing to do. I don't think we're prohibited from it. Right. But that does that doesn't mean that you can't choose the greater good um, here, and I think I know from experience it's very easy once you start watching TV as like a Sabbath activity for it really not to be much of a Sabbath at all. Mm-hmm. Just kind of suck you into a, like a like laying on the couch. There is something restful about that, but is that really leisure? There is a really, and I guess I'll end on on this point, but. There's a really, I think, helpful sort of flow chart, mental flow chart of Sabbath activities uh, that I'm stealing directly from that book. We both like uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Colmer. Um, And he says in there, like, okay, think of activity. Does it fall honestly under the category of authentic leisure something that is actually restful and refreshing or worship. And if it doesn't fall under one of those categories, um, for you, right, it is relative to an extent. Um, if it doesn't probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, because, and, and this is, I, I guess the real final point is that like with all things, um, we want to avoid sin right? But that's not like the sum total of our Christian life, just avoiding sin. right? We also want to grow in virtue and become more Christ-like, like the way of the Beatitudes, right? It's not just not breaking the Ten Commandments, it's pursuing the Beatitudes. And as long as we are going to Mass on a Sunday, uh, fulfilling our obligation in that sense, and abstaining from servile labor, like I don't think that that you're going to be sinning, breaking the the commandment to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But does that mean like stop there? Or does it mean this is a great gift that was given to us um, that is a participation in God's own eternal rest and the rest of paradise that we're called to. And we want to take, uh, I guess, as much advantage or enter into that gift as fully as we can. So yeah. like something like not watching TV, I think is an incredible, a really great way credible to, to yep. enter into the Sabbath unplugging as much as you can very tough especially during football season but maybe that's a sacrifice that you want to make
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for the sake of your family as well to teach them right how to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy
1: man it would have been the year to give up like TV for Lent this past yeah because there was Lent. nothing <laughs> just nothing at all <laughs> all right great question thank you um, Okay, Brian asked one, and I'm just going to preface this by saying we've gotten a lot of questions regarding voting and the election, our feelings on it, different things. Let's just get a few things out there before we ask this specific question. It's very hard to answer these because the Catholic Church does not endorse one political party. Mm -hmm. Second, when we start to put our own personal Feelings and how our conscience has been formed out. Um, it puts it opens up to us up to uh, different opinions from the outside mm-hmm. and different. Um, as employees of the church, we're asked to refrain from speaking on this issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Third is this is just totally messy. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. This is a messy election, a messy situation. There are so many articles going out there. There are so many Catholics being like, I'm voting for this. Other Catholics being like, I'm voting for this. This is what's important. No, this is what's important. That it's just, it's a plain mess. Mm -hmm. And we're not really at liberty with this podcast being a St. Ann podcast to share our personal opinions on it. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there as a disclaimer that it's tough for both of us because we have strong opinions on everything, oh, yeah. including this. So, mm-hmm. Brian, oh, go, do, do you want to add something?
0: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I know that's frustrating to hear. It sounds like we're dodging the question, but it's just just how it is.
1: Absolutely. So Brian asks, um, I've seen very... I always get lost here. Okay. I've seen some very prominent Catholic clergy argue for the seamless garment approach to being pro-life. It almost feels like the message is you can't oppose abortion when you do not speak out against the death penalty, for instance. To me, it seems like the issue of proportionality is at hand when you consider the sheer numbers of abortion, a million a year, versus the single digit number of federal death penalties carried out per year. Do you get my point? Maybe you can better articulate my question. Is seamless garment something um, of logic or a fallacy here? Um, so do you want to start or you want me to start?
0: I'll start. Okay. Um, okay, so for you who don't know, when uh, there's this phrase that goes back to Cardinal Bernardin of Chicago a while ago, seamless garment. And I think the idea behind that phrase is to say that like Catholic moral teaching holds together as a single garment. It's actually a reference to the, to the seamless garment of Jesus that was mm-hmm. stripped from him at the crucifixion. Right. Um, and then divided into to pieces. Um, so the idea is that like, I don't know if there's, we, we have a lot of truths that we have to hold together in the Catholic church and um, that they need to, to stay together. We have to, we have to choose all of them. Um, and when that gets applied onto political campaigns and to political parties, we see very clearly that there's not a party that holds all of the truths that Catholics need to hold. And so a seamless garment gets thrown in. Um, the question specifically is about uh, the grave evil of abortion Right, Compared and, to the death penalty. Yeah, compared to the death penalty. Um, or to other things, uh, other truths that Catholics hold. And um, I remember reading, uh, I want to say it was from Pope Benedict. Maybe he was still Cardinal Ratzinger at that time. And he was talking about a case where you have two candidates who are uh, both pro-abortion and then he was saying like, okay, so from there, you don't really have any other options and proportionality does enter into it. Like which one is the less evil of the two evils to choose? Um, I don't think proportionality holds in the same way when it's not that case that he was describing. Right. That's
1: That's all you can say. <laughs> that's all I can say. So, so in regard to that specific question, though, Mm-hmm. You're saying you don't really see that holding up well
0: yeah I I mean we while it's true that there is a seamless garment of moral truths right that we as Catholics have to hold uh, politically, since there is no Catholic party um, that holds all of these things, yet. you have to approach it yet, yeah, Joey for president. no uh,
1: <laughs> Father Paul
0: I can't canonically. Really? No, I can't hold public office. Nice. Yeah.
1: And that's one reason people say, why can't the church just say who to vote for? Why not? I mean, you know partially why, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, part of it is uh, because as a nonprofit, we have a tax exemption. And if we were to campaign for a candidate, we would not be acting as a nonprofit. We'd be acting as a political entity. But, but isn't that interesting? are do Aren't have there other nonprofits so, that like make it pretty man, clear? I don't know how it works, but... But, like, we do have a clear commitment to the truth and an obligation in conscience to, like, hold to the truth. Otherwise, we become like those shepherds that Ezekiel talked about um, who are, you know, not keeping watch over the flock and not denouncing evil where they see it. So uh, the church is called upon to be prophetic um, in this. And just with this specific issue, like, I don't think seamless garment is a helpful way to look at it when you have to approach each issue of justice and peace and morality um, one by one.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong. This is not a proclaimed teaching of the Catholic Church. Seamless garment,
0: correct? Uh, like no, no. I mean no. that's a that's a phrase. I don't think it's anywhere in the official documents. I think, like you said, who is it? it? Could I'm be Cardinal here. Bernardin.
1: Yeah, of Chicago, right? Yeah. He's the one who made it first.
0: Yeah. I have a book uh of his that I haven't read, but um I know that's where that phrase comes up.
1: Yeah, I guess they're arguing here that it comes from John nineteen twenty three, the seamless robe of right, Jesus, right. you yeah, know all at that. the crucifixion. But I guess the reason I ask that is because I don't look at it as the same as here are the four Marian dogmas.
0: Right? Right. Yeah, it's true. Um, Like, is this
1: Catholic Church teaching?
0: Oh, seamless garment. No, right. I mean, isn't it Catholic in in a sense? Yes, because like, if it just refers to like the fact that we have a lot of moral truths that we have to defend all of them, then yes, right. If it means that like, I don't know. I'm not really sure how people use it and that's right. why I'm kind of stumbling right now because I'm not sure what it would mean other than that. Yeah. I understand um, you. I got you. But so let's yeah. let's
1: do this then. Let's break it down real quick. Top points for someone since we can't say this is what <laughs> we really think, this is what right. I think you should vote or do. We can't say those things. What would you encourage a person to do who's struggling with this election?
0: Yeah. Um pray. Yes, pray, fast. I mean, that's, seriously. No, really, yeah. Like, for real. Jesus says, like, when you want to, you know, really take your prayer to the next level, um, you start to make sacrifices. It says specifically, you know, some demons can't be cast out except by prayer and fasting. But, like, to expand that more broadly, um, yeah, I, I think we need to, to pray and to fast and to ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit first. That's something we, we always do. Um, the USCCB put out a document called faithful citizenship and it's kind of long, but it is pretty solid. Uh, It's from our, our bishops in the United States. And um, I think that has all of our principles for voting contained in there uh, quite well. Um, The, how to put it, we have an obligation as citizens of a country in accord with the fourth commandment to keep, uh, to honor your father and mother, right? A species of, of honoring your father and mother is patriotism. It right. is like honoring your country in the proper way and being involved, uh, civic engagement, you could call it. Right. So like as Catholics, we can't just say like, we're not of this world. Um, we do have to get into the messiness and dirtiness um, right. And uh, often, you know, choose between two evils. Um, but we have to make that choice in an informed way, in accord with the teachings of the Catholic Church. I think you'll find those well laid out, specifically for this purpose, by the bishops in this Faithful Citizenship yeah. uh, document, which you can find on their their website usccb.org. Um,
1: Aformed in, in all things,
0: in all things, charity, like that's. I haven't lived that long, I guess, but I don't ever remember our country being so polarized and divided as right now. And I'm afraid that there are going to be widespread riots after the election. Like, like that our country is just going to be turned upside down completely, even more than it is right now. Yeah. And so like charity in all things, um, is to fix our eyes on Christ and, um, and seek him even when it's hard, even when we have to be prophetic, um, and even when we're persecuted for it. Yeah. You have to fix your eyes on Christ. I guess final note there, the day we're recording uh, this is the Feast of St. Bruno. He was the founder of the Carthusians, mm. and they're this beautiful order. I don't have time to go into them, but the movie Integrate Silence is about their order, um, and a really beautiful movie. The point is their um, their motto in Latin, is stat crux dum volvitor orbis. It means the cross stands still, like planted, um, while the world revolves or turns. And I was thinking about that earlier today just as like that's a message we really need to hear right now. Um, The stability um, of the cross as an anchor uh, that we need to seek in the midst of all the confusing and chaotic turmoil, uh, of the world right now, that the cross stands firm and that that's where we can find Christ. Amen. And that, you know, in embracing our cross, it's going to hurt. Okay. Getting kind of gloomy on it, but there you <laughs> on go. a happy note.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's end on a happy note. Um, so if you, get in from a listener, if you, Father Paul, were to have a child, like you weren't a priest and you ended up getting married, what would you want your firstborn child to be named?
0: Oh my gosh. I've never thought about this. Boy or girl?
1: We'll just do both. I'm
0: just stalling for time. Um. Wow. I feel like your children's names
1: would be like Athanasius or kind of do like (laughs) athanasius um no offense against anybody who's named athanasius i just think you don't hear that name very often yeah you're just pulling out like eucharistic prayer
0: one just like yeah i think i would want to just march my way through the canon um so start with peter (laughs) and move down from there um excuse me and i don't know i guess start with mary uh just go on and and just work my way down like i do think that that lucy for instance is a really nice name that's in the canon um which you know dom our son was supposed to be lucy if it,
1: if he was a girl he was going to be lucy
0: oh wow
1: and then we had a friend who had a daughter lucy so we're yeah. like oh we can't and then marcy and jordan are good <laughs> colleague and good friends you know, they had a Lucy, yeah. so the we're podcast like, zone. Yeah, Marcy yeah. Combo. Can, yeah, exactly. We can't we can't go back to Lucy now, but Dom was supposed to be Lucy. We didn't know the gender before he was born. Interesting. So coming out he would have been Dominic or Lucy.
0: Yeah. Maybe I would go Helga. Something like a you know, like a strong Germanic name.
1: You would. Um. <laughs> what is the nickname of
0: that? Hell? <laughs> Gah! I don't know. Hey, guh. come here. <laughs> I have never thought about like what would baby names be. I it's just, it's that's that's it's not easy. I'm trying not, not to overthink it and just throw out names. It's still well, not easy.
1: It's it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Thank you everybody okay. for submitting questions. Continue to do that at Saint PTP or the at Gmail We love y'all. Take care on behalf of Joey Scantella, Father Paul.
0: God bless.